The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Well, 2013 is quickly coming to an end, and I have found myself back home in South Carolina as the first leg of the Rebel Road Tour is finishing up. We had a beautiful event yesterday in Charleston, South Carolina, and the last event for the first leg of the tour will be in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. So if you're anywhere around, definitely come on, and we will have a wonderful event together. It has been exciting watching all of the changes, all of the magic, all of the way the dots connect, all of the ways the universe supports and continuously provides the conversations that allow us to continue to move forward in exactly the direction we need to go if we are willing to see the signs and the symbols and the synchronicities that appear. But the message that is here now for this period of time as the sign and the symbol for you is that all roads do lead back home. And one of those main roads that leads back home is always that place of meditation, that place of quiet. I look forward to having my own extended period of silence and meditation in just a couple of weeks as I go off to Peru and spend that time in silent meditation and also uh, getting geared up for the next leg of the tour. And you can also come to Machu Picchu in Peru with me next summer, July 24th through August 2nd. The information is on the website. An incredible experience of different sacred sites, experiences, and diving into the heart of play and celebration of what your unique gifts are, a beautiful group will be forming and coming together to really celebrate and allow their mastery to come forth in a way that it can be supported and played with in the most beautiful of ways. As we come home in, to ourselves in every experience or after every experience, we find that there is newness awaiting. We find that it is a place of opening, a place of special care that has been holding us all of this time. And how do we do that? on a regular basis? How do we do that when we are going through life and it is busy and the day-to-day struggles occur or the, the desires and dreams rest within us that we want to pursue? In that coming home, in that place of silence that is, meditation is one of those key points that allows us to go into those spaces, that allows us to go into the nothingness and the allness. And I have a special guest today that is the author of several books and CDs and is going to give insight into really learning how to step into our own sacred space as we each are and allow that to come forward. Alexander Jones says, you are already perfect, which is your diamond essence. Meditation is the tool to remove the layers of mud covering your diamond essence or soul. 
He is the author of Meditation, Where East Meets West. And in that book, he is talking about the blending of Eastern and Western approaches. The Mind, Body, Spirit book provides an eight-step journey to experience the benefits of meditation. And it is this means that you will remove the mud of the limiting thoughts and uncover your diamond essence. He's also the author of Seven Mansions of Color, a bestseller considered a classics in color therapy to help you discover the transforming and healing power of color to enrich your life. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alex Jones to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran. It's good to be on the show. I'm glad you uh, invited me. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to have you, Alex. And I think that stillness is one of the challenges, especially in the Western world, that so many people have because it's so easy to get caught up in our busyness. It's so easy to put meditation off or to to think that it's not necessarily that our actual doing or trying to fix something or trying to attain something or move towards a goal is more important than that time to get quiet, to get still, and to let the thoughts go. Talk a little bit about uh, how and when you discovered that meditation had to be a necessary part of your everyday life for you to be able to do all of those things that we all seem to rush around trying to do. Well, in the beginning of my spiritual search, I was uh, at university. Uh, I went back as a mature student, and um, I wasn't sure what I was seeking in life. And uh, But I knew I really wanted to be a phys ed teacher. I had that idea when I went back. And um, when I got into university, I read Plato, or heard of Plato's Allegory of the Caves, and uh, um, I realized that uh, an education wasn't going to give me what I wanted. Anyhow, I did a, a lot of spiritual search. I went to Vancouver. This was back in 1969. And when I was there, I was searching and uh, doing a lot of independent study. Um, and one singular point came to me um, when I was doing my spiritual search. I was at a Hare Krishna meeting, and uh, I was really uh, seeking, and I went to a lot of different things, and I was at the Hare Krishna meeting. And uh, at this time, you know, since I'd left uh, university, I wasn't sure where I was going. My mind was very um, uh, distraught, you know. I was seeking, but not knowing what I was seeking. Anyhow, I was at this Hare Krishna meeting, and they were doing their devotional bhakti and trying to raise the kundalini, and... Uh, it was very beautiful, but my mind was so unruly. All I could think was, let's forget the devotion, get to the feast. And I sat in the back of the, the room, and I sat down, and I had uh, an experience that literally changed my life. As I was sitting there, this elderly lady was sitting beside me, and she just said to me, this is not your way. You need to meditate in the inner stillness. That's your way. And... You know, I asked who she was and what she was doing there, and she said basically she was in Vancouver um, wanting to start a spiritual center for her teacher, who was Sri Chinmoy, who had a center in New York. And she was just doing research because uh, she wanted to find out what other spiritual groups were doing. And basically what she told me, I asked her why she was there, and she told me that was the reason. And so I... I uh, asked her where she was staying and how she got there, and I took her back home. I had a car, and she just came on public transportation. And uh, she mothered me, and she really helped me to meditate. I mean, we were together, and she knew I was seeking, uh, but I was lost. And uh, 
she helped me to meditate. And one time I came to her and I just said, her name was Alo Devi, and I didn't find out until years and years later, this was Sri Chinmoy's top disciple. I didn't know whose presence I was in until many, many years later. Anyhow, she, uh, she, I came to her and I said, listen, you know, um, Alo, uh, you know, I need to get my life together. I just, um, I don't know if I'm coming or going or what's going on. You know, uh, I know I'm seeking, but I don't know what I really want to want, and I need to get into an ashram or just someplace uh, to get my life together. So she gave me three options. Basically, she said that, um, you know, she really wanted me to stay in Vancouver to wait till her teacher came, but that wasn't for three months, and I just couldn't do that, uh, or just didn't feel like I can wait for three months. She said there was a beautiful ashram in the Kootenays in the Rocky Mountains in Canada and um, that she would uh, uh, send a letter on my behalf. Um, Swami Radha was the person who was running the ashram, but that didn't feel right. And then she said there's a beautiful organization in California called Self-Realization Fellowship founded by Paramahansa Yogananda. Uh, he was the first one to bring yoga to the West. And anyhow, as soon as she mentioned that name, she said that her teacher had said that he was truly a man of God, that he came for the purest reasons, for God-realization, and, you know, many came after him that were using yoga and other things for a money-making adventure, but he was very pure, and his teachings were very pure. And as soon as she said that, I knew I had to go, because I just read an article of George Harrison of the Beatles a couple of weeks before, and he was just raving about Yokonanda and how great it was. Anyhow, I went to the border. I was very honest. This was back in the hippie days. I had long hair, long beard, um, a love child. And uh, I told them what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the spiritual ashram. And they wouldn't let me across the border. So I went to another border point. They wouldn't let me across the border there either. So long and short, I had to give up everything. My car, everything, just... And I took a return, got a return ticket to Seattle, and I ended up down in uh, in California, and to the spiritual ashram of Yogananda's. Uh, actually, it's the end of Sunset Boulevard, um, just by the Pacific Ocean. Beautiful piece of property. Actually, Mahatma Gandhi practiced Yogananda's techniques, and when Gandhi passed on, part of his ashes went to uh, to Yogananda, who built a shrine there. California. Anyhow, I walked onto the property, and I expected to find feel all this um, feelings of Yogananda, but I didn't feel anything like that. I just felt the overwhelming presence of Jesus, and I couldn't believe it. Jesus at a yoga center, uh, uh, an ashram that was started from an Eastern master, and it was just overwhelming. And it's there that I really learned meditation. I became a monastic in that order. And one of the main things I learned there is you mentioned about the need for finding the stillness and that we are a diamond. And first of all, accepting the fact that we are a diamond. We have the infinite treasure already. We are complete within ourselves. We are the goal. There's nothing we need to seek outwardly, really. We have our desires. Buddha says, that's why we came on planet Earth, because we have desire. The only reason we come back is because of desire. But the greatest desire is to realize 
our infinite divine consciousness, which we already have. We already are perfect. And meditation is really a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. It's to uncover and rediscover that infinite beauty is right within us. And so many of us are seeking outwardly. We're running around thinking, if I just had this, if I just had that, life would be great. I mean, this would be utopia. If I was just in this relationship or just had this job, if I had just this or that, everything would be fine. Well, we've already got the treasure inside. And meditation is that tool to help us get to that place, which we already have. I think that so many people feel like meditation is this uh, very difficult task because you're supposed to get the mind still. It's supposed to be quiet. And oftentimes there's so much effort in trying to stop the thoughts and not have them. Uh, and, and I'd love clarification for people so that they understand whether it is that it's supposed to be complete stillness or it is just supposed to be the allowance of whatever is in the space whether it is the passing through of thoughts and not holding them, or whether it is the space of stillness that appears. What are your beliefs around meditation? Well, ultimately, the ultimate goal is to be still and know that I'm God. And you can turn that around and say, be still and know your true self, with a capital S, which is made in the image of God, that we are divine. But Simran, for people, and I teach meditation, for people to achieve that ultimate stillness where we're thought-free, um, and it's not a place of blankness, you know, you're, you're focusing on something, you're focusing on an attribute, the peace within, or if you're seeing the light, uh, some divine inner perception. But to have the mind totally blank and still takes a lot, a lot of meditation practice. This just doesn't happen overnight. And if people are seeking that in the beginning you become very, very discouraged. Yes. So how I approach, yeah, how I approach meditation in, in my meditation course is it's more, I mean, it's sort of unique in a sense. It's a bit different. I make it a goal-orientated uh, approach um, in the sense that um, you can have all the techniques of meditation and if you don't know where you're going in your meditation, if you haven't got a clear focus on where you're going, the mind's going to be all over the place. And the two traps of meditation is the monkey mind, the mind that just wanders all over the place, or sleepitation, um, which is not meditation. So what I teach is have a goal. And so what I do is I go over what are the goals of meditation. The first one is peace and calmness to feel that calm within. I mean, the scriptures say, a peace beyond all understanding. That is just not an absence of conflict. It's an actual positive energy, peace. So we can make that a goal. And then uh, another goal is joy. I mean, Christian mystics and yogis talk about this incredible joy that is far beyond anything the world can possibly offer. Um, ecstasy, rapture, samadhi, deep feelings of joy, so we can make joy a goal. Uh, there was a woman's magazine that wanted us to know from their readers why they were meditating. What was the reason for their meditation? 90% said it's because they wanted to feel that inner guidance within. You know, a woman's intuition where you know, and you know 
that you know to have that inner divine uh, perception. Um, yes. That, that inner voice within, you know. Another goal is being mindful, feeling the cosmic energy. You can make that a goal. Of course, love, feeling love for oneself, which is the biggest challenge, uh, and love for others, love for one's creator. The ultimate goal, though, is union. Um, the definition of yoga, and most people don't know this, yoga means union of the soul with spirit. So what I do and I teach is I get people to do a mantra, a word, or phrase latching to their goal. If they go into meditation, they can do some deep breathing. They can just mentally say, I am peace, if their goal is peace. Or they can use the Sanskrit word, shanti, which is for peace. So they're using the mind constructively so they can focus single-pointedly on that perception and use it in meditation. And as you do the mantras, you keep saying that word or phrase, then the mind will start to get still. Um, so in the beginning, though, you need to use the mind uh, to, to achieve that stillness. My guest today is Alex Jones, and he is an author and a meditation teacher, trainer, and a speaker. He is, has written the books, Meditation, Where East and West Meet, and you will find in this book that there's eight-step journey to experiencing the benefits of meditation, as well as how you can remove the mud of limiting thoughts and uncover your diamond essence. In addition, he has authored Seven Mansions of Color, which is a bestseller considered classics in color therapy to help you discover the transforming and healing power of color to enrich your life. You can also find music on his website, Kali's Dream and Angels of Color and Sound. Definitely take a look at his website, alexmeditation.com. That's alexmeditation.com. We'll be right back with Alex Jones. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You 
are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron-singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Hello, welcome back. We are talking with Alex Jones about meditation, and you must understand what your goal for meditation is. Are you sitting there with a monkey mind, or are you falling asleep, or do you have an actual goal in your meditation and allowing yourself the space to step into that so that you can open to having a daily spiritual practice, having a place where you keep coming back within and allowing yourself to center in a way that supports you throughout your life. He allows you to understand different types of meditation instructions through his books and his trainings, which help you to understand certain postures and certain ways that you can step into meditating in in your life so that it is more easier and conducive to a peaceful quality and a calming quality of your life. Alex, you were talking about uh, how we how you instruct people to set those goals for meditation, and I know that so many people, um, when it comes to meditation, they can get to the point where they are off in the ethers and they're off in different places, or they uh, use sometimes meditation for escape rather than um, for the purposes of truly connecting to themselves. Can you, can you talk about uh, when, when we are using meditation as uh, in a codependent way as opposed to using meditation in a manner that truly is for self-realization? Uh, well, uh, if you remember what the goal of meditation is, it's to achieve uh, the goals that we're talking about. Uh, you mentioned, uh, <laughs> you, mentioned uh, you know, the, you, people use meditation for escape. I think everybody's trying to escape, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, you know, this world is a hard world. It's a world of duality. Um, there's, there's no constant here. It's a world of change. Uh, and if we try to put our focus outwardly on something, you know, the world is... Um, I like what you said. The universe is giving us messages, giving us messages all the time. And one of the messages, is, I think, is that this is world is, you know, it's a temporary place. It's, it's a world... That is a world of duality. It's structured on change. And there's no permanency here. Um, where our permanency is, is within ourselves. Is why Jesus very clearly said the kingdom of God is within you. And the question, what you mentioned, is how do we know that we're using meditation for a, a, um, a positive sense? I think when we come to the realization, what do I really want in life? What is it that I really, really want in life? Well, you look in Scripture, they say what the goal is, what we really want in a deep soul level is um, two things. The freedom from suffering in body, mind, and spirit, and to find that eternal joy or bliss within. If we're clear that we want to have or want to find the ultimate self or the ultimate thing and realizing that we're not going to find it in the world, um, yeah, meditation is escaping too, in a sense. We're trying to get, get to a higher state of consciousness um, away from 
a world of duality, a world of change. Um, so for me, um, how can I put this? Once you taste, and this takes a while, but once you can taste a bit of what meditation is all about, the peace within, and then you're hooked. And I'll tell you what the divine does. I'll tell you what the universe does. I've seen it time and time again because I do spiritual direction. What happens is the divine, basically, when we are seeking, or if we're not seeking, what the divine does, karma is our teacher. Hands are off. There's no grace. It's totally karma in the sense that we reap what we sow. We learn from karma. But once the soul is interested in expanding itself or learning or growing, then what the divine does will drop books, you know, uh, into the lap of the individual who's seeking. And then, if we're really serious, then the teacher comes or some method that we can achieve that state. So if we're very sincerely seeking and we realize that we want to know our higher self and want to know those divine treasures within, and one of the one of the greatest teachers is not only that, is the great teacher is suffering. So many people come to a point where they are suffering, they are at a point of no return, they can't see any way out of the dilemma, and then the universe helps. It'll give some sign or something to show a bit of contrast. There'll be some inner experience if the soul is sincere and there'll be some grace. I've had people tell me incredible experiences. Some people just are inundated by the life. Not only do they see the light of God, they are the light of God. Some people have deep, deep feelings of, feelings of union or oneness with all of creation. I mean, some people have maybe just a feeling of peace um, or some perception within. Once we get a taste then meditation, we realize, is that goal that is going to tell, help us expand. It's that taste. It's not an escape. It's to find what is true reality, what is the reality beyond all reality. I remember when I mentioned one of the conversions for me was Plato's Allergy of the Cave. And what Plato explains is that if you can imagine a cave where the sunlight is streaming into the cave, and most of humanity is at the back wall, at the very back of the cave. It's very dingy there. And they're tied to posts. And they're looking straight ahead and they cannot move because they're tied. And all they can see is silhouettes on the wall. And behind them, and they don't know this, are other beings. There's a fire there, you know, higher realms, if you like. But these beings are on posts and all they can see is the silhouettes on Wall, and they think it's the sum total of all reality. And the whole conversation is, did you see this? Did you see that? And they're hearing sounds, but they don't realize. They think it's coming from the wall. Well, the wall is Maya. The wall is delusion. It's the wall of the world. And sometimes someone will break free. They'll say, is this really real? I mean, some people will have a dream, and they'll have such a profound dream that when they wake up, they don't know which is reality, which is real. Is the dream was so real, or was this waking consciousness real? And they begin to question, what is really real? What is truth? What is, you know, it, 
So when we get the wake-up call, and I think the world is offering us a wake-up call right now. I mean, there's so much um, stress in the world. People are doing, 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 and they're not happy. They're empty. There's an incredible emptiness inside. And once we realize this bigger picture, then it's not an escape. It's to find our true self, who we really are, what is reality, what is truth. And then, you know, we use meditation for a constructive means to find the answer. And the answer is right within ourselves. If I want to give one message tonight, is everybody is absolutely beautiful, absolutely divine. They're complete, perfect. But it's inside, it's not outside. And that's where meditation becomes not an escape, but a looking for true reality. The hardest it's thing. really... It's really interesting, Alex, that you originally, as you came upon meditation, you originally went into uh, that, that educational program looking for um, getting into phys ed or some type of physical, um, which is the body. And so much, I think, right now, people are living outside of their bodies or they're living numb or they're, they're trying to uh, utilize things that just kind of keep them from really, really feeling what do you feel is the connection uh, in regard to meditation about embodying that, to really bring, bring it into the body or bring our attention and awareness and intention into the body in relation to meditation, whether we, when we're starting the practice or even during and throughout the, the practice or any spiritual practice? Yeah, being connected to the body, I mean, the, the, the thing that's so popular today is mindfulness meditation, which is wonderful. It's a whole Buddhist approach, you know, because most people are caught up in the past. I remember I did this old elderly group, because I, I taught stress management as well, and we had a, a beautiful clinic in Toronto, but I had an elderly group, and, you know, I was talking about being mindful in the present moment, and, you know, and they were saying, most of the time, you know, we're in the past. And I ask every one of them, well, if you're in the past, what are you dwelling on? And basically, the answer was unanimous. Regret. You know, I thought maybe it was positive memories. No, it's regrets. Why did I do this? Why did I say that? You know, so most people are spending their time either in the past, you know, and usually it's on regrets, or they're off in the future. And usually it's fear of the future. You know, what will happen, you know, this or that. Or, and, you know, there's whole fantasies. I mean, for me, I mean, when I first started the spiritual path, I read this book, Be Here Now. And I just realized, you know, as I was introspecting and just looking at my life, I was never in the present moment. I was never in the now. I was always in some fantasy land or in the future. So most people are in the past or the future. And one of the secrets is to at least get in the now. And the best way to get into the now is connect with the body, connect with the senses. What are the senses saying? You know, um, listen to the birds and the beauty of the birds. You know, just be aware of the body and the beauty of creation and what, what the universe is saying. You connect with the senses and be in the now. But then when we come to meditation, we realize there's a greater now, you know, there's a greater now. It's inside. It's that interior consciousness, a higher state of consciousness. And then we start to connect with the incredible peace that's within, you know. 
talk about feelings, first feel the feelings of the body. You know, when we're starting off, get into the present moment, because most people are caught up in the feelings of the past, regret, and most people don't know how to deal with regret. What most people are talking about, I mean, we got no education. Who, whoever learned, I mean, when we went to, to kindergarten or grade one, whoever got any education on how to concentrate, how to focus, how to deal with emotions or any of this stuff, I mean, we're sort of stumbling along along the way. So, you know, and most people, if they have regrets and anger, you know, they're misplacing it on other people because they don't know how to deal with it, misplace anger to others. So getting back to the, the pure feelings of the body, the feelings of, you know, the beautiful sun on the, on the shoulder, you know, John Denver's song, sunshine on my shoulder, um, connect with the senses in a pure way, a beautiful way, and get, get to feel the beauty of creation, you know, but then realizing as we go and, and get in touch with those feelings, then we're led into a deeper interiorization till we find that incredible peace that's within us, beyond all understanding, beyond anything the world can offer. And I find for myself, Simon, is once we can connect in meditation and get to those deeper feelings, then they become like an anchor because we need something changeless to move in a changing world. We need a changeless anchor, and that is peace. If we can feel that peace within, that is undisturbed, that it doesn't change, we can hold on to that anchor. In the beginning, we can just use a thought if we're not feeling those feelings yet. Just one thought that we can come back to that can make us an anchor as we move through this world of change. And then we come back into those deeper perceptions. But they're already there. They're already there. I remember one master said, he was giving a definition of God. He said, God is all the love of all the lovers who have ever loved. Isn't that beautiful? God is all the love of all the lovers who have ever loved. And one day it hit me in my meditation. Well, if I made an image, what feelings are in my heart? Ultimately, all the love of all the lovers who have ever loved. We are the sum total of all love. Unconditional love is in our heart. Yeah. And as we go into meditation, we begin to feel that perception. You have written another book, and it is Seven Mansions of Color. And as you're talking about the body and talking about meditation, the focus into the body can be brought also through our chakras or through the use of color and imagining that in our bodies and weaving through our bodies and also being a source of healing. Talk a little bit about the use of color as therapy to really transform and heal every aspect of our life uh, based on where we are in our experience. I remember one story. Leonardo da Vinci was not only an incredible artist, he was a very spiritual man. In his, in his diary, um, he, he wrote that he would go to this particular church and he'd sit in the same pew, in the same spot every day, I mean, without fail. And the reason he did it is because the sun was streaming through the sunglass window and it was shining on the violet hue, uh, the violet stained glass window, and just bathing in that spot. He said he felt his meditation was ten times deeper to that spot. Yeah, the use of color is, is, is uh, a very powerful healing tool. Uh, I talk about in my book, The Principle of Color. The first law of color that I talk about in my classes in color and sound is all vibrations 
And everything, and even science knows this, everything is vibration. Everything is energy without exception. And even science knows this. Even the, the white light coming out of spirit. I mean, it's the purest vibration, but it's still a vibration. And it has three properties. It has a color, which is white light, which we can see in meditation in the spiritual eye. It has a sound, which is the Holy Ghost or comforter. But that's what the Christians call it, but the Hindus call it the Om or Pranava. It's the same thing. It's that sound out of that vibration. And then uh, it has a consciousness, which is the Christ consciousness or the only begotten Son, which is a pure reflection of the Infinite Father's consciousness beyond creation, reflected in the light. And it's that consciousness that rules creation. So if we remember, all vibrations have those three properties, a color, sound, and intelligence. That means we're in a vibration, right? So we got to have what? A color, a sound, and intelligence. And our, our, our color is our aura color. I mean, there's many different changing colors in our body. There's one predominant color, and it's our aura color. There's one predominant sound, which comes with that. And... Those who teach um, healing through sound help people find their fundamental tone. And then there's a uh, state of intelligence. But if we remember, everything has those three properties. Every organ has a color, sound, and intelligence. Every molecule, every atom, because it's a vibration, will have that. Now, say somebody has a disharmony. I remember reading a Linda Clark's book about ancient healing temples in Egypt. And what the priests had in these temples had, they'd have a particular room that was a particular shape, a particular color would be streaming through it through the sunglass, stained glass window as the sun came through it. Anyhow, it'd have an energy. And if a person had a particular ailment, they knew what room to put them in because it would have a particular vibration. Now, say somebody has um, a, a dis dysfunctioning organ it has a proper vibrating frequency. The reason there's a disharmony is because things are not vibrating in harmony. They're either vibrating too quickly or too slowly. There's, there's, it's not vibrating in its property vibrating frequency. So if we know what the proper vibrating frequency is for that particular organ or system or whatever the healer is trying to bring back into alignment, they would administer that color, that vibration, so say the vibration is too low, they would administer the proper vibration, usually shining it on the chakras because they rule the particular areas of the body and, um, and administer that proper vibration so that there will be a resonance. So eventually that dysfunctioning organ, that lesser frequency will start matching up to the proper frequency so it's in, in alignment to bring back healing that way. So color is a very powerful way to do that. My guest today is Alex Jones, and he has written several pieces in regard to meditation, color therapy, as well as some CDs that allow you to be supported with uh, color and sound. Definitely look him up at alexmeditation.com. You can also find out about various courses in the meditation program that he's offering and uh, the Christian Meditation Conversations with Christ. So you can look up all of those pieces 
and connect with Alex at his website, alexmeditation.com. We'll be right back with Alex Jones. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Welcome back. I'm having a great show with Alex Jones. And before we get back to him, I just wanted to mention that if you've not read my book, Conversations with the Universe, definitely connect with that and see how the many different ways the world is speaking to you through signs, symbols, and synchronicity. If you're going through something in your life and things are showing up and you're not quite sure how to connect the dots, I am offering theme sessions via email or phone call that uh, you can select based on what will serve you the best. In addition, I'm really excited that the release of my next book is next week. It is Your Journey to Enlightenment, 12 Guiding Principles of Love, Courage, and Commitment. And it is really quite magical how that book came about. I was writing that book last January. It just started pouring in, and all of a sudden my agent called me and said a publisher had requested me to write a book on a particular topic. And when he sent me the topic, it just happened to be the exact words that were pouring through at that time, and so this is really quite an amazing book, beautiful information that has come through and so resonant of the different awarenesses that I am receiving while on the Rebel Road. It truly is a book about stepping into your love, courage, and commitment and truly allowing yourself to step back into that essence that you are, that innocence, that childlike play, the beauty that you came in with when you came to this planet and how to not only reclaim that, but live it with full aliveness. So definitely go ahead and get on Amazon or Barnes & Noble and get your copy of Your Journey to Enlightenment and learn how to find the 12 guiding principles of love, courage, and commitment. Again, my guest today is Alexander Jones, and he is a meditation teacher and author. 
and has created some different music and sound pieces as well. You can go to his website, alexmeditation.com, and you can find out more about him, especially some different ways to enhance your own meditation practice and move into understanding how color therapy and sound can support you in your own healing and transformation. Alex, you were talking about how we have specific color and sound that is unique to certain cells or unique to ourselves. And I know that we are each a a, a ray of light, sound, and color, and that we each do have that specific color ray that we are. When we work more and more with color and, and we use it in a capacity to visualize it or to place it on our bodies, what is the type of healing effect that that, um, or even in meditation using color, can have on the physical health that we are not aware of, that many people are not even aware of and as they move to just traditional methods? What can we do personally through the uses of these energetic structures to support our own growth and healing? Well, one experience that came to me was the beauty of creation, the universe. I mean, we're set up to be calm if we go into nature. Um, you know, all around is green. Green is balance. It's, uh, if you think of the chakras, there's three higher chakras, three lower, if you like. There's, uh, but right middle at the heart is green. It's balance. But if you go into nature, what is, what is the universe done? There's green all around. Well, green is absolutely healing to the nervous system, to the body. It's a setup to be calm if we, we go into nature. But if you look in the sky, it's blue. Blue is the color of, um, uh, of calmness for the mind, you know. So that setup is, is right there in, in, in nature to be calm. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's just with the energy of color. And if we know the different qualities of the colors, too, and if we know the different chakras, um, there's different ways of doing the, the color healing. Uh, I'll just go mention a few. Um, what some color uh, healers will do is they'll put um, using radiant colors because radiant colors are more powerful than pigment colors. I mean, if you use radiant colors, which are color from stained glass windows, colored filters, colored light bulbs, of course, color of the sun, uh, and even computers. Computers are radiant colors. So, uh, and if you add up the three primaries of Radiant colors, it's white, it's an additive. If you add up the three primaries of pigment colors, it's subtractive. So a color healer will use radiant colors, and they'll shine the body, a particular area on the body, mainly on the chakras. Um, let's just take the example of the throat chakra. If we understand what the quality, it's blue that works with the chakras. Let me just give you this relationship. We're, the chakras, there's seven of them. There's one at, there's one at the base, and that rules red. It's the base chakra. Two inches up is the sacral chakra. That's orange. The power center, the solar plexus, is yellow, and that's uh, um, the energy that rules through there. The heart is green. Um, and then we go to the throat. And this is the one I wanted to talk about because uh, blue rules the throat, now, if a person has throat problems, for example, one of the reasons is perhaps they're not speaking their truth, they're holding back, they're not expressing themselves, and it can may come out in the throat as throat problems. And, but the color of blue, the qualities of blue are faith, 
devotion, creativity, uh, peace. So knowing that, and know, especially that creative energy, if we bathe the throat area with blue, it stimulates the creativity. And if a person is holding back and not expressing their self or not expressing their creativity and it's all bottled up, that blue energy will help open up the throat and just bring that creative energy into manifestation. Um, gee, talking about colored lights, um, even, even a hospital knows this. If a, if, a, if a baby is born and it has jaundice, what do they do? Well, they'll stick it under a light, a blue light, because they know it's going to... Exactly, be, yes. Yeah, it's going to alleviate the problem. I mean, a medical profession even knows that that works. Well, and that's just the thing. We've gotten away from recognizing that so much of what we need to heal is surrounding us all of the time. We're under the sun all of the time, golden light. We are, we are looking at color all of the time, and, and whatever is around us is inside of us. And it is, again, that mirror, that message to really communicate back to us that what we have is within us if we just allow ourselves to focus and be in attention to those things. And again, that brings us right back to meditation. That's right back where meditation always will lead us. Yeah, and, and we can experience the inner colors within, talking about color. Very often a person's meditating. Um, uh, I'm sure most of your audience knows the spiritual eye. Uh, it's, it's Christ very well said it. I mean, this is even in Christian scripture. He said, he talked about if I eye is single, a whole body will be filled with light. But um, he's talking about the spiritual eye, which is in the forehead between the eyebrows. Very powerful point. It's the center of will. But this is where we can see in, as, as Christ said, if that eye be single, that whole body will be filled with light. You can see the light here eventually. But we can also see the other colors of the chakras. And very often people meditate, and I find people, well, I talked about at the beginning of the program, about having their goal. Very often, a lot of people, when they start seeing the colors, that becomes their goal. I mean, they're very—they're not spiritual colors. I mean, they're not physical, I'm sorry. They're spiritual colors. You cannot see them with the physical senses. They're um, spiritual colors, and you can see them in the spiritual eye. Um, so when we get in touch with those colors and begin to see them, and if we go deeper into them, we start to merge in the color, start to feel a resonance with that color, we begin to imbibe the qualities of those colors and those chakras. For example, red. I mean, if we're starting to see red in the spiritual eye um, and while we're meditating, we'll start to eventually feel the qualities of that color, that energy vibration, its strength, power, and vitality, and that's exactly what we'll start to experience. Uh, Orange is optimism and courage, and we can tune in with that energy as well. Uh, the yellow is mental power and joy. The green, the heart, is love, peace, balance, harmony, hope, growth, and healing, all those beautiful qualities. As I mentioned, the throat is blue and it's faith, creativity, devotion, peace. And then spiritualized indigo, that's intuition. And the violet is spiritual realization, uh, creative imagination. And then the white light is the sum total of all those. So as an inner perception as we can bring about healing because we can start to bring about those divine attributes. In other words, we, we begin to rule our life more in a positive plane of, of positive, positive qualities in our life. 
Well, and I think that, the, that we are so naturally intuitive anyway that we are always drawn to those colors that we truly need in the moment. It is another way that the conversations with the universe happen because the colors start to surround us in our life, and then if we pull those colors from the outside in, we create more of that healing and growth. Alex, I want to thank you for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It's been a pleasure sharing you, and I want everyone to know they can go to alexmeditation.com and they can find all of the amazing goodies that Alex has brought into the world as gifts for awareness and growth for different individuals. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I'd like to let everyone know that the latest issue of 1111 Magazine is now up. It is a power-packed issue filled with some beautiful voices and a lot of amazing uh, information. Rashmi Kalnani has written an article that is Love is the Core. Dr. Roger Boger has written on Godsidence. And there's this beautiful article on the Rosary by Immaculate Ildegiza. There's also information on how to build a new model of yourself, how to discover that package of light that you are, and that there is no ego that is required in healing. There is only the heart's inner voice that has to be listened to. All amazing voices and hearts from around the globe that have come together to create just another beautiful issue of 1111 Magazine. You can go to my website, 1111mag.com, and access your free subscription. Until next time, in love, of love, with love and as love, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.